Hello and welcome to Hogan Lovell's Newsbeat, the podcast designed to keep you up to speed with developments in the world of pensions over the last two weeks. I'm Claire Southern and I'm looking forward to taking you through today's jam-packed session. We'll be taking a look at what's new on Pensions Dashboard, the Department of Work and Pensions review of the transfer legislation, a recent ruling from the High Court on actuarial certification, and some developments in liability-driven investments. So first up, developments on dashboards. Plans have been afoot for quite some time to provide people with access to a one-stop shop where they can see all of their pension entitlement in one place, known as the Pensions Dashboard Project. We reported in our last Newsbeat podcast that the Pensions Minister, Laura Trott, had announced a delay to the project. Pension schemes would no longer be given an individual date by which they had to have their data ready and be connected to the dashboard. Instead, there'd be a single long-stop connection deadline of 31 October 2026. The Pensions Dashboard Programme has now issued some FAQs in response to that announcement. The FAQs explain that whilst the 31st of October 2026 is the drop-dead date, guidance will continue to set out an advisory connection date. Trustees will be expected to demonstrate how they have had regards to this guidance. The Pensions Dashboard Programme also comments that it is in the best interests of consumers that dashboards are made available as quickly as possible, and this can best be achieved if schemes follow the guidance. So the takeaway here, I think, is that trustees will need to comply or explain. Up next, the Department of Work and Pensions review of the transfer regulations. Just to remind you all that back in 2021, we had some new regulations aimed at providing members with better protection from scammers. The 2021 transfer regulations introduced a system of amber and red flags. If trustees found an amber flag, the member had to take advice from the Money and Pension Service and a red flag meant that a transfer could not proceed. On the 21st of June, the Department of Work and Pensions released its review of the regulations based on data covering some 290,000 transfers undertaken under the new regime. So what did it find? Well, some 2,400 transfers were given at least one amber flag, and we have an amber flag leaderboard to take you through. In top place, the greatest number of amber flags were awarded for transfers that involved overseas investments. Our silver medalist was for transfers involving high risk or unregulated investments. And our third place goes to transfers where scheme charges were unclear or high. Some 300 transfers were given at least one red flag. The top reason for a red flag was member failure to provide required information. Next up, member failure to provide evidence it had received guidance from the Money and Pension Service. And last up, someone carrying out regulated activities without the right regulatory status. The statistics certainly echo my experiences of the amber flags, with many people being caught because they are transferring to a fund with an overseas element. And of course, many completely legitimate arrangements do contain foreign investments. So let's hope the Department for Work and Pensions take another look at this element to see if any changes can be made. Moving on to what I think is going to be a fairly controversial decision from the court. The High Court has handed down its ruling in the case of Virgin Media versus NTL Trustees Limited. Now, there was a provision tucked away in contracting out legislation that provided that where certain rule amendments were made to schemes contracting out on a reference scheme test basis, the actuary should provide a confirmation that the scheme continued to satisfy the reference scheme test. Now, the court has ruled that where the actuary didn't provide a confirmation, those amendments will be invalid. The sting is that this applies even when the amendments 
didn't, as a matter of fact, reduce benefits below the required level set out in the reference scheme test. I have to say that this very much strikes me as a form over substance point, and there is hope that we may get an appeal with a more practical outcome or indeed a legislative solution. So next up, we have the report from the Work and Pensions Committee on Liability-Driven Investments, and I have to say it makes some pretty juicy points. The Work and Pensions Committee is a cross-party committee appointed by the House of Commons and given the remit of examining the activities of the Department for Work and Pensions and its associated public bodies. In October 2022, the committee launched an inquiry on DB pensions with liability-driven investments. Now, you might recall that back in September 2022, we had the now infamous mini-budget that caused gilt yields to sharply rise. This placed considerable pressure on schemes that had liability-driven investment strategies in place. As gilt yields rose, those schemes were required to post more collateral, and not all schemes could find the liquid assets needed to do that. On the 23rd of June, the committee issued a report on the findings following the inquiry. First up, the committee takes no prisoners in its views on the pensions regulator. It says that the pensions regulator encouraged schemes to use liability-driven investments without focusing properly on the risks of doing so. The committee also criticises the new DB funding regime, especially the risk of herding into particular investments. It recommends that the Department of Work and Pensions and the Pensions Regulator should halt plans for the new DB funding regime, which required schemes to set out their long-term strategy until a full impact assessment has been done. The Department of Work and Pensions has also been given some specific homework to be getting on with, including publishing a response to its 2018 consultation on DB consolidation. It should also consider restricting schemes use of liability driven investments, possibly based on a test of trustees ability to understand and manage risk. Although I'm not sure how many of us would pass a test on the intricacies of liability driven investments. The department should produce a detailed account of the impact of the liability-driven investment crisis on pension schemes, including funding levels. It should also report back, alongside the pensions regulator, on how they will work better with other regulators and the Bank of England. And finally, the department needs to report back to the committee on how it plans to take forward the recommendation that the pensions regulator's remit should include taking account of systemic financial stability. The committee also commented that the pensions regulator should consider requiring trustees to report regularly on their use of liability-driven investments and that investment consultants should be brought within the remit of the Financial Conduct Authority. The latter point sounds like a no-brainer to me. It also seems that liability-driven investment is a pie that the Bank of England is keen to get its fingers into. The Bank of England has announced the launch of its first system-wide exploratory scenario exercise. The exercise was first announced by the Bank's Financial Policy Committee in December 2022 in the wake of the liability-driven investment crisis and volatility in the financial markets. The exercise will consider how actions of individual institutions can interact to exacerbate shocks to financial markets. A group of banks and non-bank financial institutions, including pension schemes, have been asked to take part. So let's see if anything interesting comes from that.
And our final item is just to let you know that on the 13th of September, we will be hosting our in-person one-day training for new trustees and anyone company side who'd like to gain an understanding of pensions. A really packed day finished off with a drink or two and open to anyone who'd like to come along. Register with us on the link provided if you're keen. And if you didn't get a chance to see our latest recent development in pensions webinar, you can watch it on demand again through the link. A big thank you for listening to the session. I hope that you've enjoyed the whistle-stop tour of what's happened in the last two weeks. Check us out on Twitter at HL Pensions if you want to know more.